This Sled Talk features Hardik Bott, CTO for the state of Illinois, and Chris Atkins, former CFO of the state of Indiana and current Vice President of Digital Government Transformation for SAP, recorded live on July 20, 2017. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another webinar in the Thursday Thought Leadership Series. This is the fourth edition of this new series. I am thrilled to be with you today, and I am thrilled that you are with us because you want to learn about the latest innovation and the latest thought leadership uh, to make public sector run more effectively and efficiently for all of our citizens out there. No matter what side of the political aisle you're on, we are all about the best ideas and driving forward for our citizens. So thank you. Once again, I'm Chris Atkins. I'm the Vice President for Digital Government Transformation at SAP. Uh, if you haven't heard before joining SAP, I spent 10 years doing what you do, working in state government, most recently as the CFO for Governor Mike Pence from 2013 to 2015. And it is my pleasure uh, to be with you uh, and share ideas from our guests. Some of you may have heard about the Smart State Initiative that Governor Rauner launched last year in the state of Illinois. Today, we are going to give you an opportunity to hear straight from the man who is leading that initiative for the governor. His name is Hardik Bott, and he is our guest this month. Before Hardik and I get started, a couple of housekeeping items first. First, if you have questions, please email them to me or Hardik. We'll give you our emails at the end of the webinar and also some of our LinkedIn and Twitter information as well. Also, as a reminder, you can share this webcast via social media by clicking on the Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn widgets at the bottom of your screen. Okay, let's get started by introducing our guest this month. Our guest today is Hardik Bhatt, Chief Digital Officer and Secretary of Innovation and Technology at the State of Illinois. Hardik is a recognized leader in digital innovation in the public sector, and he is helping Governor Rauner lead a new initiative with the goal of making Illinois the smartest state in America. Today, he's going to give us an overview of this initiative, and I know you are going to learn a lot of practical tips to pursue similar initiatives in your government. Hardik, thank you so much for joining us today. Give our guests a little bit more background about your role at the state of Illinois. Chris, thank you very much, and it's my pleasure to uh, join you through this webinar and share uh, what we have done here in Illinois and what we are up to in Illinois. Uh, in addition to uh, my current role as the Chief Digital Officer and the Secretary of Department of Innovation and Technology at the state, um, Previously, I worked with Cisco, and I was a senior director for Cisco's um, uh, Smart and Connected Communities, and I led global business development for that. So uh, I got my um, kind of – I built my expertise and global reputation in smart cities, uh, working across uh, 40 different global cities uh, in 19 countries uh, in, during my time at Cisco. And prior to that, uh, with the city of Chicago uh, as a CIO for the city – uh, I uh, pioneered our Smart Cities initiative in Chicago and then uh, transitioned that into a newly created nonprofit called Smart Chicago Collaborative, uh, and it continues to um, uh, uh, work uh, for, at the city of Chicago so far. So uh, coming to um, Illinois, you know, bringing my Smart Cities expertise and trying to turn that into uh, a Smart State vision uh, concept and uh, execution roadmap uh, was easy, and I had a good team, uh, and I'm happy to share more information on that. Hardik, thank you for that introduction, and once again, thanks for being our guest today on our series. I want to talk first and ask you a question about how did this initiative come to be, whose idea was it, uh, how did the whole thing get started, and uh, just describe the initiative for our guests at a strategic level, please. So, Chris, uh, before uh, we embarked on a smart state initiative, we had some fundamental things that needed to uh, be taken care of. So when I uh, first met with Governor Rauner, uh, that was even before I accepted the job, he uh, walked me through the challenge that he had taken on as a first-term governor. And as you know, and most of our listeners probably know, that uh, uh, Bruce Rauner was uh, he founded a private equity firm, GTCR, and invested and, and created lots of jobs, uh, was a private citizen for 30-plus years, and eventually 
uh, decided that he wanted to come into public life and and, and ran. He won uh, the governor position. So when he came in, his uh, goal was to provide a 21st century enterprise uh, to the citizens of Illinois. Uh, and he wanted to make an efficient, effective, compassionate, and competitive uh, state. And with his background, he knew that he would need technology to take a leadership position uh, for that kind of a transformation. So he brought uh, business people into the government, and I was one of those that he brought from Cisco into leading the overall digital transformation. Uh, so as um, you can see uh, on this slide, we basically started uh, a major transformation. Our oldest system dated back in 1974, and the first term of the governor ends in 2019. So we said we need to do a 45-year transformation, but need to do that in four years because in government, uh, the only guarantee that you have that the time that you will have is four years. And then after that, everything that you get uh, is you continue the work that you uh, have started. So we started the transformation. The basic level transformation is, is IT transformation. So in that, we consolidated 38 different silos uh, uh, within various agencies in terms of technology and created a newly formed uh, Department of Innovation and Technology uh, with um, uh, close to a billion dollar of annual technology spend and 1,500 people. Uh, that brought all of the CIOs uh, and their direct reports all under one roof and created a cabinet-level position uh, called the Secretary of Innovation and Technology. And basically with one uh, stroke of a pen, the governor basically turned IT from a commodity to a cabinet position. And now we are running that IT organization uh, as a business, so with KPIs and with uh, quarterly business reviews, with uh, uh, personnel scorecards. Um, uh, we, I have a board of directors that I report up to. And then with a 100% chargeback model, we also have uh, enterprise services and rates committee. So it's basically now we are running technology uh, as business, but at the same time, within that IT transformation, uh, we transformed how cybersecurity gets done. We published our a first comprehensive cybersecurity strategy uh, in the month of March. Uh, we secured uh, hundreds of millions of uh, uh, pri uh, privately identif uh, personally identifiable information, PIIs, uh, and really uh, now we have uh, a, tr a very good cybersecurity uh, team in place, and now we are working on building our uh, security operations center. Uh, so that, that's basically smart IT. We also... Uh, started moving aggressively on uh, building a digital government uh, using uh, data. So now we have a, a, a full-fledged state data practice uh, up and running, which builds 360-degree uh, customer views. Uh, we have 19 agencies that have come together uh, to sign a single enterprise agreement to share data across uh, the campus, across the enterprise. Uh, and this team also is building predictive analytics models uh, for uh, helping agencies uh, make decisions to improve customer service. And then we also focused heavily on mobile. Uh, Chris, as, uh, as uh, uh, you know, you know, a majority of um, the services are now consumed uh, using the mobile platform. Uh, so we are trying to bring our government onto the people's favorite platform that is mobile. And in the last um, year and a half on a unified, uniform framework, uh, we have rolled close to 40 mobile apps and we have turned uh, more than 90% of our web presence into a mobile responsive uh, technology. Um, and then lastly, in the same uh, vein, uh, we have uh, we did not have uh, a unified ERP system uh, 18 months ago, and now we have uh, 13 agencies uh, using a unified SAP financial system, and by uh, this time next year, uh, over 50% of the state's budget will be on a unified uh, SAP financial system. And then we are also kicking off soon uh, human capital management uh, system also uh, using SAP. So it's, in general, uh, we are transforming the government uh, digitally so that it is serving the citizens the way the citizen expected to serve. Uh, and then the third, uh, that's when we came to like, how do we then take the smart cities uh, 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 vision and then turn it into smart state? And I'll come to that later in the, in the uh, presentation. Uh, but basically, you know, what that has done is we government, uh, started in the bottom fourth uh, in 2015, as it comes to national digital rankings published by the Center for Digital Government. Uh, and in 18 months, by September 2016, we moved to top third of the 50 states. Uh, so a huge jump uh, in 18 months through the digital transformation. And then by end of next year, 
uh, we desire to be in one of the top five states uh, when it comes to uh, digital rankings and the use of technology for better outcomes for our customers. Hardik, that's terrific insight on uh, the smart state strategy that you're helping Governor Rauner with. Certainly think there's a lot of lessons uh, that other states uh, and localities can learn in terms of laying the, the foundation uh, that is necessary from a governance uh, standpoint uh, to set a state up for success uh, on a big data or smart initiative. So thanks for that background. Let's drill a little bit more into one of the objectives uh, that, that Governor Rauner set, which was to make government more efficient uh, through a much smarter technology platform. So if you could just lead us through this slide a little bit uh, and tell us how you guys are uh, trying to deliver on this initiative. Certainly it is important uh, for any government or for that matter any organization uh, to be efficient and leverage technology to provide uh, better customer service and make the employees efficient. So going back to my smart cities days um, the, and IoT days, that's basically what I did with Cisco, working with the mayors and the governors and real estate providers, uh, developers and service providers uh, to identify solutions that would um, uh, boost economic growth, that would make... Uh, the organization more efficient, that would improve customer service overall. Uh, so when I came into the state government, I realized that, you know, state government is a superset of multiple cities. Uh, so state government can act as a customer by taking smart city solutions and making it efficient. And then state government can also be an enabler of a better economy and better education. And then the state government can also act as a platform to enable a lot of smart cities. And focusing, if you think about IoT, Internet of Things, or and, and its specific application on cities. One of the uh, biggest lessons learned over the last five years uh, for both uh, buyers and sellers is that technology is only a third of the solution of the entire problem. Uh, so you can focus a lot on technology, but if you uh, forget the other aspect of change management, regulatory change, people change, process change, uh, and, and then you are not going to reap the benefits of the solution. So we, at the very onset, uh, defined our smart state um, strategy or vision as a threefold, and technology makes only a third of that. So in our case, uh, when we talk about making government more efficient through a smart technology platform, uh, we have three specific initiatives. Uh, one of them is uh, using sensors uh, or Internet of Things for our built environment. Um, and so that is uh, streetlights on our um, expressways and tollways. That is uh, uh, buildings. We have a huge portfolio of buildings that is managed by our central management services. Our fleet, uh, very exhaustive fleet that we have between the police and the transportation and general services, uh, and multiple other kind of direct applications of IoT solutions or smart city solutions onto government. But also, you know, sensors will create, generate a lot of data, both uh, uh, physical sensors or, or video sensors uh, will generate a lot of data, but then that data needs to be synthesized, analyzed uh, to drive decision-making, and also then uh, make it viewable uh, in applications uh, using mobile. So the second part of that, uh, the technology platform, is turning the government uh, into a mobile and data-driven government. Uh, and the third one is, you know, while we do work on social mobile analytics cloud, uh, there are so many new converging technologies that are coming up with artificial intelligence, uh, robotics, um, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, blockchain, self-driving vehicles. Uh, how do we keep an eye on that and make sure that uh, while we build the technology platform for today, we are also building it for a long time to come? An example, if you think about IoT analytics and AI, it's a self-fulfilling loop where IoT generates the data, analytics analyzes that and helps decision-making, and then it, it feeds to uh, artificial intelligence, use, artificial intelligence using uh, devices uh, that, again, are mostly sensors and other. So you end up creating a loop uh, that creates the government more efficient. So we are kind of looking at uh, each of these, and as you can see the arrows down there, what we have done is uh, each of this uh, initiative has a defined owner, and we are tracking where we are in that particular initiative as we start moving uh, towards uh, where we want to be as, as a smart and very efficient government. 
Terrific, Hardik. And let's talk about the other two objectives that the governor uh, has laid out for his smart state initiative, starting with economic development. Uh, could, you, could you tell our listeners about those two objectives and some of the initiatives you've defined to help you achieve those objectives? Certainly, uh, Chris. So uh, as I said in the, uh, in the previous question, you know, smart state for us is uh, threefold. Uh, we talked about uh, state as a, as a customer uh, for an efficient government, but there's also uh, this whole fostering economic development. So if I go back to my uh, Cisco days, we, I worked with our Cisco consulting services uh, on an economic impact of uh, connecting all of the unconnected assets. And over a 10-year, we came up with a $19 trillion uh, economic growth uh, if we could connect every asset that is unconnected currently. And it uh, basically was about $3.1 trillion from it was um, uh, non-defense government. Uh, and again, even today, multiple surveys between McKinsey and Forest, Forrester and others, uh, they, keep the, they, they still put the economic impact or GDP value uh, of IoT in trillions of dollars. So we cannot not think of uh, the economic benefits that um, uh, the state would derive uh, by becoming a smarter state. Uh, so uh, in that, we have, again, uh, this particular platform is a um, business and regulatory platform is divided into three initiatives. One is uh, focusing on business itself, so building a streamlined business platform, a springboard uh, to do business with and in uh, the state and the cities of Illinois. Uh, also, uh, heavy focus on um, uh, streamlining uh, the various uh, regulatory issues. So, issue number, uh, the initiative number six is looking at smarter policy and regulations um, and looking at statewide master contracts, cutting all the red tape that you uh, see, regulatory bottlenecks uh, when you're trying to become a smarter uh, state or a smarter city, uh, and also creating statewide public procurement platform. Uh, for these solutions to leverage master contracts uh, that we can put in place. And then also, uh, we talked in the previous um, um, uh, segment about uh, horizontal data integration, data integration between various agencies. But in um, government, you know, you also have vertical layers of government, the municipalities, the counties, the state, etc. And you do need a tremendous level of vertical integration, uh, case in point, for public safety. Uh, offender uh, commits a crime in a local jurisdiction, uh, gets arrested in a local jurisdiction, uh, gets sentenced by a county court, uh, goes to a county, uh, county or a state prison, and then is tracked by the parole uh, system. So that, that entire loop requires the vertical integration of data. So we are also looking, in order to become a smart state, we also need to start looking at uh, this vertical uh, integration platform. So uh, again, as we talk about business regulatory platform, uh, we are l looking across the entire uh, gamut of various initiatives, but then brought them into these three very distinct uh, initiatives that are led by not just the Department of Innovation and Technology, but also some of our key partners within uh, the state government as well as uh, the localities. Uh, the next one is how do you continue uh, to foster economic development if you're not focusing on building a workforce or if you're not creating opportunities for uh, local municipalities to kind of, you know, grow along with this, uh, the, the, the state government as well as creating opportunity for smaller municipalities to grow as, uh, as fast or as, as nicely as larger municipalities. So as you know, Illinois has a large city called the city of Chicago, and then we have hundreds of municipalities which are much smaller uh, compared to the city of Chicago. So what we are doing with a, with a smarter procurement platform is uh, creating a, an equal playing field uh, for smaller cities uh, to also adopt smart city solutions. So in January, we published a smart street lighting RFP uh, as a statewide master contract. Uh, so once we finish the contracting process, we will award the contract to two or three uh, vendors of smart street lighting solutions. And then any municipality in Illinois, uh, whether it is Chicago or Sandwich, Sandwich, Illinois is 7,365 people living in there, uh, they will be able to uh, retrofit their streetlights with smart adaptive controlled streetlights, LED streetlights uh, at the state rate so they can get econ economy of scale in there. We are also working on building a smarter workforce in partnership with the IoT Talent Consortium. Uh, we have partners like GE, Cisco, Microsoft, Pearson, MIT, Rockwell Automation, 
and we are jointly designing a curriculum for analytics, for Internet of Things, for cybersecurity. We rolled out analytics curriculum for free uh, in the month of April. Uh, we are currently working on cybersecurity, and then we'll also work, uh, finish curriculum on IoT. The idea is the next generation uh, requires a different kind of learning, uh, and also the current workforce requires upskilling, and we are providing that and building that workforce uh, for future. Uh, we are also working with um, the National Governors Association to replicate our smart state model. When I started as the CIO for the state a couple of years ago, I learned a lot from other states. I went and I met with uh, the CIO of Indiana at that time, Paul Bolsfeld, and we learned analytics from him. Uh, I learned mobility from uh, Michigan. And, uh, you know, we, we are very happy that, you know, these states like to share their successes and we learn from it, we apply, we run fast, we accelerate, we transform. And then at, at this point, we have come up with something new, a smart state concept, vision, roadmap, and we are happy to share that with them. And we are going to do that through the National Governors Association uh, in the month of August. And then lastly, uh, we are also looking at how do we leverage. The state of Illinois has tremendous assets. We have two national laboratories. We have a tremendous corporate base. We have great education institutions. Uh, we have a tremendous uh, uh, logistical uh, point in terms of uh, river, rail, road, runway, and we are trying to maximize that. So how do we make state of Illinois a future-ready state? So we are looking at all of these various aspects when we say smart state. It's not just about sensors. It's not just about one thing. It's a comprehensive uh, move from where we were to be one of the top 10 states uh, in the country, if not in the, in the world. Hardik, that's terrific. I just want to make a couple of comments before we transition uh, to the next slide about, you know, the center of excellence you built. First, it warms my heart to hear that my good friend Paul Baltzell was talking to you about analytics because, as you know, Paul and I partnered together at the state of Indiana on that initiative for Governor Pence. So that, that's absolutely terrific. Other thing is, I, I'm glad you're talking to, to, to the NGA. I was with some governor senior staff members last week uh, at a meeting, and uh, I was talking you up and urging them to, um, uh, to replicate your smart, uh, your smart state and smart city strategy. So um, I think that's terrific that you're talking to them and you have that platform. But, but then a final comment, <clears throat> I, don't wanna, I don't think we can overstate the importance of economic development on an initiative like this for a couple of reasons. First, as we kind of talked with Bill Eggers last month on this webinar about smart cities, um, a smart city I think is really important to a city's brand in the modern era. Um, with, with, with young, uh, digitally savvy workers, uh, they can live anywhere. They can work anywhere. And I think uh, they would prefer to live and work in a city that is, quote, unquote, smart and that offers the kind of digital citizen uh, amenities that are expected uh, given, the, um, given the tool sets that are available today. So if you want to attract uh, the workers of tomorrow, I think being a smart city is absolutely critical and fostering smart cities is critical for your state's economic development. But then finally, too, you know, the importance of the economic impact of these initiatives in terms of proving ROI. <clears throat> and as you know, with IoT solutions, especially in the public sector, the revenue payment models can be really tricky. And so um, I think emphasizing the economic impact and the economic rewards that your state will, um, will reap if you pursue an initiative like this uh, is just absolutely critical for success. So thanks for sharing that insight. So now, Hardik, Hardik, now I want to get to your um, Internet of Things uh, Center of Excellence that you've built, because I really think this could be a model uh, for other states and localities to use as well. So could you walk us uh, through that strategy and some of the implementation in the next three slides, please? Definitely, Chris. Uh, I mean, you, know, uh, you, can, you can strategize as much as you want, but if you don't have an execution plan, you know, strategy is basically gather dust on shelves. And um, we were uh, not like that. So from the very beginning, the governor's all about uh, execution. He wanted to see very specific steps taken. Uh, and again, as you, as you embark on a major transformation, unless you have a good execution strategy and unless you uh, can show quick wins, unless you can also bring a lot of people uh, within the organization as well as outside the organization uh, to be uh, bought into the not only the vision but also to be pushing the organization in the same direction. 
so that you get less resistance and you can move together uh, at a much accelerated pace. So from the very beginning, we started thinking about building a borderless culture, uh, building collaborative communities. Uh, so very early on, I brought um, uh, many uh, f former uh, private sector leaders uh, into the state. We also promoted some of the uh, very, very good, talented internal leaders uh, into the right position. Uh, one of the leaders that I brought on uh, was Marion Cook from um, uh, the private sector, and she basically uh, came in as our chief strategy officer and helped us uh, start building a borderless, borderless culture. So the uh, Internet of uh, Things Center of Excellence, ICE, is actually part of uh, a multitude of uh, collaborative communities that we built. Uh, in the center here on the slide, you see the blue circle, uh, which are internal uh, communities that we build. So starting with, um, uh, I've got 60 CIOs that work uh, at the state government, 30 of, uh, 38 of them report to me directly. How do we leverage such a great expertise that we have at the state? So we created working groups uh, within uh, the state government. Uh, we created a CIO council. We meet as a council every uh, two months. Now we meet every month, uh, and we go through a major kind of planning and execution uh, workout. I call these uh, workouts. Uh, we go through that. The working groups basically focus on things like mobility, cybersecurity, innovation, um, and, and multiple other, IoT was the other thing. Some of these working groups turned into um, uh, centers of excellence. IoT was one of those. Uh, mobile analytics and blockchain uh, were the other three uh, centers of excellence that we focused on. Uh, basically, what, the, what a center of excellence does, or a working group does is um, they build a, a simple one-page strategy. They say where we are today, where we want to be four years from now, how do we get from this place to that place, uh, what are the low-hanging fruit, quick wins that we can achieve so that we can create momentum? What are the risks that we see uh, or, or barriers? And then what resources do we need to go from one place to the other? And for each of these centers of excellence and working groups, uh, we then bring the right players uh, into the mix, both from technology as well as from the business perspective, and they work together. So IoT Center of Excellence especially has um, CIOs from – uh, 11 different agencies, as well as business leaders uh, from those. So people who lead uh, fleet management, building management, transportation management, corrections, public health, all of those are also working together as we move uh, IoT Center of Excellence or I the work on IoT together. We've also added our chief information security officer and his team onto that so that uh, we, are, we are tackling security for IoT head-on as opposed to leaving it uh, for you know, others to worry about. So we are focused on that uh, heavily as well. Uh, as we go out, um, and then um, uh, we, we, I mean, again, continuing in, in the blue circle, uh, we continue to kind of uh, exposing our workforce through external ideas. So we host Entrepreneur Showcase. Uh, we bring CEOs in to speak to our CIOs um, and then start kind of making uh, the, the organization more outside in. As we go outside into the green circle, you know, beyond Illinois, we also work very closely with many other government entities. So uh, we host Mayolo roundtables for the cities within Illinois. Uh, we work very closely with NTIA, NGA, the Department of Homeland Security when it comes to IoT. Uh, we have an MOU in place with the Indian state of Telangana to share best practices and lessons learned and also open our market for entrepreneurs, uh, smart city markets between the two states. Uh, and then we are also working now with the government of UK uh, to do something uh, similar. With uh, the uh, state of Victoria in Australia, uh, we are building a partnership around blockchain. And then as we move outside uh, under the purple circle, we also focus heavily on our ecosystem. So we have advisory boards on which we have CEOs, CIOs, chief digital officers, CISOs uh, from various multinational corporations within Illinois, Boeing, State Farm, Healthcare Services Corporation, etc. We also have a robust uh, industry advisors uh, board that, that is in place, and we also are building our innovation center here in Chicago as a pilot and then in Springfield um, uh, as, we, as we build our Chicago uh, work for, uh, center. Specifically on the Smart Illinois strategy, how we executed that is in October 2015, I worked with IDC uh, for them to kind of um, to give them our vision of what is a smart state. And by February, 
uh, IDC published a case study on Illinois' smart state vision, February 2016. From there, as you can see in the middle um, uh, top row is our one-page strategy for the IoT Center of Excellence, uh, which, kind of which, which we took from the Corporate Executive Board, CEB, uh, and we built a strategy on that. Then we uh, went to our advisory board to help us understand where the technology is moving, what are the financial models we can use, regulatory issues that they are uh, facing, workforce that we can develop. Then in April of 2016, we had um, an envisioning workshop that we did uh, with 200 um, leaders that thought leaders that came in and helped us kind of build an overview of what Smart State would be. In December 2016, we had uh, a 70-people workshop that was led by Smart Cities Council, and we came up with uh, very specific nine initiatives that I talked to you uh, in the previous segment uh, that became our roadmap. And then in August of this year, we are going to now work with NGA uh, to now replicate what we did uh, across uh, in, in multiple other states uh, within the uh, United States. So it's kind of, uh, we, have, we have started, it's a, it's a 16, 18 months journey already, and we'll continue moving forward uh, with a very specific execution outline that we have uh, built for ourselves. So, Chris, as we move forward and we, we build a smart state, uh, if you read um, uh, Thomas Friedman, thank you for being late, or if you read uh, recent white papers from McKinsey Global Institute or World Economic Forum, uh, what we are seeing is the new age of technology is improving productivity definitely, but it is not improving job, number of jobs or income at the same pace. So what McKinsey calls a, a, a great decoupling is happening between productivity and job and, and income growth. And that is what is causing a huge amount of inequality. World Economic Forum projects 5.1 million net job loss uh, over five years, 2016 to 2020. Uh, if governments are not proactively working on uh, one, enabling uh, faster automation in the industry, but also working with the private sector for upskilling the existing and, and skilling the next generation workforce for where the jobs are going. So the governor has tasked me with uh, building a digital economy strategy for Illinois, where we are working with the, some of the uh, leaders of the private sector, venture capitalists, private equity firms, uh, university and community college systems, as well as internally within the government uh, to start building a strategy that can help us uh, kind of uh, instead of becoming a victim of this digital disruption, uh, basically leverage the, the disruptive technologies uh, to move Illinois up in the digital economy chain uh, and kind of leverage uh, the disruption that, 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 that is going to come anyway. Uh, so as we are moving towards becoming a smarter state, there's also a tremendous focus that the governor has uh, in over the next 10 years where the economy is going and how do we skate to where the puck's, skating, uh, puck's going. Thanks for that insight, Hardik. And uh, just a comment before we get to lessons learned. Uh, I mean, as you noted, uh, there is literally billions of dollars of investment, um, maybe approaching trillions of dollars of investment available to retool and reskill the workforce. So I agree with you. I think that is an issue that is ideal to be digitally dis disrupted and transformed with the kind of approach that you're taking. So I wish you well with that. Um, can we talk a little bit about, for our listeners, about lessons that, that you have learned along the way? What, what lessons have you learned, um, and how can you help impart some of that learning uh, to our audience today? Thank you, Chris. And I think you said absolutely well. I mean, retooling and reskilling our workforce is extremely critical, and that's where the Department of Innovation and Technology kind of uh, uh, goes beyond just uh, being a technology department for a, a state to uh, helping the government reshape the economy, uh, digital economies, and, and we get to uh, really step out um, and, and help our partners uh, within and outside the state government on workforce development, education, economic development, and, and leverage our expertise in technology and the relationships that we have developed uh, within the technology sector as well as the private uh, corporations here uh, and, and help them uh, build on that. Uh, so as you know, I mean, we are moving very quickly from an information economy. Uh, we went through the sharing economy extremely quickly, and then we are going with blockchain-like technology. We are ushering into a distributed, econo uh, distributed economy uh, era in, in which, you know, as we look at the lessons learned from our past two years of experience, uh, uh, organizations, regardless of it's the government or 
uh, a, a private sector organization or an academic institution. So organizations need to become agile and nimble, and they need to be able to move fast because the technology uh, is changing the world around us extremely fast. So the way we approached it is we broke everything into uh, 75-day sprints. Uh, we ran technology as business, uh, and we had a tremendous focus on the end customer. Uh, and based on that, we kind of uh, reshaped our organization. Uh, public sector is not that different from the private sector when it comes to comprehensive digital transformation. If you think about a state government, we are a conglomerate of multiple businesses, but the underlying uh, entity that we serve is the customer, the citizen, the business um, that we serve. And, and, um, and so we have to undergo a similar kind of comprehensive transformation digitally uh, as many private sector organizations uh, are trying to go through. Uh, we are like any other uh, Fortune 50 uh, organization. It's a $68 billion entity. We are talking about organization, the state of Illinois. Uh, when we talk about both um, the state budget and the federal and other grants that we get uh, from other sources. So it's, it's a large uh, comprehensive digital transformation, and the principles that apply really don't differ between the public and the private sector. Uh, as you mentioned in, in one of the uh, points that you made is uh, we need to think about newer consumption and implementation models, both uh, in partnership with the uh, private sector, but also within the public sector as well, is what are the new revenue streams? What are the w different ways uh, that we can um, uh, start working? And that's why we are partnering with the likes of uh, the World Economic Forum uh, to look at uh, the newer consumption models, newer global policies uh, that we can help them build, but also we can learn from them as we apply them uh, here in Illinois. Uh, the other thing that we learned big time here as we had a blend of uh, public and private sector leaders, uh, including all the way to the top with the governor, is that um, in this age of uh, fast digital transformation, leaders need to be savvy in both public and private sector inner workings. Uh, you, I mean, you have a tremendous background of public sector yourself and the private sector, and you understand that so well uh, that, you know, uh, just having private sector experience and not knowing how the public sector works internally uh, does not really help that much. Steve Case, uh, in his book, Third Wave, talks about uh, the next generation of uh, technology implementations in within, especially IoT, uh, is going to affect food, security, water, uh, etc., and energy. And those are the areas where public sector plays as predominant role as the private sector. So your leaders need to be really savvy in both of those. Uh, and lastly, you know, uh, above all, we just need to be faster. I mean, thank you for being late. Um, um, uh, Tim, uh, Tom Friedman says that as a humankind, uh, we need to start adapting much faster because the technology is changing the world around us much faster than as a human race we are used to adapting to that change. So as an organization, as an individual, as a workforce, as a business, as an economy, uh, we need to start moving faster so we can adapt to those changes uh, in a much better way. So in general, I mean, when we say smart state, it is a state uh, that the state wants to be in. Uh, we want to be smarter uh, in, in all various capacities, not just in technology, but in all facets of life. Uh, and, and that's basically what the governor's mandate, governor's vision uh, to us has been. And that's what has been captured also in the IDC white paper that I talked about. And now we are updating that to reflect uh, the reality of the work that we have done. And we always encourage uh, partnerships. So uh, from the listeners, uh, anybody who wants to reach out to us, and provide us guidance, uh, learn from us. Uh, you know, we are always eager to build partnerships. Well, Hardik, before we get to questions and answers, just one comment. Um, thank you for your kind comments about me, but also I have the pleasure, uh, as you know, uh, but our audience should know, of serving on uh, Governor Rauner's Strategic Advisory uh, Council, uh, which you help him with. And uh, I got to attend my first meeting a couple of weeks ago. And uh, <clears throat> folks, when Hardik says that they want the input, uh, of, uh, of, of the technology community, uh, they mean it because the meeting I was in, they were directly seeking that input and inviting that input, uh, in true partnership style. So, uh, Hardik, I commend you and the governor for that approach and, 
and uh, just a thrill um, to serve on that committee uh, with you and the governor. Hardick, once again, thanks for being our guest this month. Uh, I've benefited from the insight that you've shared. I know our audience has benefited. And um, uh, please take Hardick's offer of um, uh, being willing to talk with you, email with you, uh, have a phone call with you about what he's learned. I know he's sincere about that, and I hope you take him up on that. Um, Hardick, just a couple of questions on behalf of our audience uh, before we wrap up. Uh, first, in your goal to modernize state operations with technology, what are the major strategic issues that you have seen, and how have you been able to solve those? Chris, uh, thank you very much. And actually, it is um, um, uh, my pleasure always to share what we are doing. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, in the partnership, uh, we are always looking for thought leaders uh, who can help us build uh, from where we are, uh, the platform that we have already built, and help us accelerate. Uh, so as, as you said, we are always eager uh, to build those partnerships. You know, Illinois and uh, barriers. Uh, we have had so many for the last so many decades. Uh, you know, we have seen, uh, continuously we have seen uh, uh, jobs leaving Illinois, businesses leaving Illinois, people leaving Illinois, an economy that is struggling to get back, uh, even though we have tremendous assets, as I said before, uh, and it, it just, the, the environment uh, is, is difficult to uh, be able to turn around and make it uh, business friendly. Uh, so when, when it comes to technology, you know, uh, we are playing a role. One of the key definitions I made for technology in the state is technology does not stand by itself. Uh, technology is not just there for the sake of technology. Technology is there for enabling our customers. And for us, customers are agencies, and the agencies that is the employees in, within the agencies that serve our end customers, that is people that live, work, learn, and play uh, in Illinois. So changing that uh, uh, key mindset of uh, uh, IT employees from being the owners of IT to be the servants or customer uh, service focus uh, has been one of the uh, strategic uh, things that we have done. And we did not do that uh, by calling culture change as a project. We basically said that we are going to uh, show continuous wins uh, we'll, we'll build momentum. Uh, we will listen to people, uh, their ideas, implement those ideas, and, and share the, uh, the fame and ownership to them. And that kind of helped us significantly to kind of bring innovation from the edges into the center and then replicate that uh, beyond that. So, and that also helped us with one of the biggest barriers that most of the organizations of uh, our size, public or private, uh, faces, which is the status quo. People get used to being in the status quo, and uh, that changed. So our, uh, obviously, uh, biggest barrier was the state of Illinois is heavily unionized. 93% of our workforce uh, is um, a union workforce, and there are def definitive ways that they do work. Uh, and, you know, changing that is, is hard, but again, we changed uh, that just because we, we empowered our employees, we empowered our leaders. Uh, and one of the uh, key examples was uh, in the very first CIO council meeting, we had Governor Rauner over there. And then after the meeting, one of the CIOs came to me and said, I've been working for the state on, for 30 plus years, and this is the first time a sitting governor has come and addressed technology leadership and showed the value of technology. A year later, I was hosting uh, my regular um, um, all-hands meeting, all-employees meeting, and in there, one of the employees stood up and said, uh, a year ago, I was eligible to retire, but then I saw this new governor coming in, so I said, let me hang around and see what's going on, and then a year into this, I don't want to retire for the next three years because I'm really having a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting a lot of satisfaction because the things that I think the state should have done a couple of decades ago we are finally doing that. So we are seeing those barriers kind of, uh, uh, we, can, we can overcome those uh, just by bringing people in, empowering them, and, and moving forward and showing how we can progress. The other big barrier uh, in becoming smart is, you know, and this is 
probably more so in the public sector than the private sector, is agencies openly sharing data with other sister agencies. So even within Health and Human Services, we have nine different agencies, and they have uh, customer data in various systems. And you can only create a 360-degree view of a customer or build an analytics model if you can access uh, all of this data. And um, we broke that barrier because, one, the leadership at the highest level, the agency directors and the governor's office and the budget office, came together, invited the state CIO, that is me, uh, into that conversation, and we kind of said that biggest barrier for transformation is uh, access to data or the inability to access the data freely. So we built within seven months, and again, it's a learning from Indiana that we learned, uh, is they, they said if, if the biggest lessons learned, lesson learned for Indiana and for their analytics platform was that they did not do an enterprise data sharing agreement. They did one-on-one -on -one data sharing agreements, which took them 18 months. So we took that learning, we applied that, and within seven months, we had an enterprise data sharing agreement between 13 agencies, which now have 19 agencies. In fact, 22 agencies now have signed a, a, a uniform data sharing agreement. So we are breaking those silos uh, within the government. Uh, and the, the third biggest barrier in our case uh, has been uh, no ERP system or no unified uh, thinking of uh, platform systems. So we are moving from heavily custom-built environment into platform-based uh, uh, systems. ERP is one of those. You know, we are also now working on an enterprise licensing platform. Then we are going to begin working on an enterprise case management platform. So moving from siloed uh, point solutions into more platform approach so we can build on, on more uniform and unified solutions. So kind of just understanding and acting on, uh, on quick uh, wins while building the platform is how we have kind of overcome many barriers. And lastly, you know, some organizations get mired in what they're doing today, but we are keeping an eye on the future, an example of how we are approaching blockchain uh, where we are not regulating right away. We are actually learning from the industry uh, on how to regulate. Uh, we, are, uh, uh, we have appointed a, a business liaison uh, who is um, uh, helping build the, the uh, ecosystem here in Illinois. And then we are also doing some proofs of concept in blockchain uh, so that we can see what kind of applications of blockchain are in the state government. And that have allowed us to kind of enter as a leader uh, uh, in blockchain uh, in the country and also uh, enter into the global blockchain ranking uh, in top five right below London. So we are looking at this comprehensively and trying to break these uh, barriers of silo uh, big time. Hardik, a lot of those issues sound very familiar given my experience at the state of Indiana. Um, and uh, folks, please learn from us, and you don't have to have the same scars that Hardik and I have. Uh, on these issues, but if you can solve these issues ahead of time, I promise you, you will have your time to value will increase significantly. And Hardik, I'd love to have you back on at some point to talk about blockchain because I know you guys are on the cutting edge uh, with that too. But final question, Hardik, um, and again, thanks for your time today. What surprised you the most about this project? You know, uh, Chris, uh, what surprised me the most is uh, this is my second tour of duty in, the, in public service. I was CIO for the city of Chicago, and then I left and worked for Cisco globally for five years uh, and came back uh, home again uh, for this time, my home state. And uh, contrary to everything that I had heard uh, from outside, the state of Illinois has a tremendous workforce. Uh, when it comes to a te the technology workforce, uh, I've come across some great minds uh, in Illinois. Uh, tremendous work ethic, uh, dedication, smartness. Uh, all they wanted was uh, for their ideas to be heard, for them to have a, a strategic direction uh, where we can uh, all push uh, in the same direction. We have a 1,500-strong uh, IT workforce uh, in the state of Illinois. And then as we move to the top, uh, governor down, everybody is, is pushing in, in the administration in the same direction towards the overall transformation of the government. So having that kind of an executive backing, executive cover, uh, also gives our workforce a tremendous boost 
because you know it is real this time the transformation that we are going through is extremely real so and then the support that i've received from uh private sector from the academia uh through the advisory boards the partnership with the university of illinois uh and and the entire uh private sector as well as the academic partnerships uh that we have been able to uh, able to build the lessons that we have learned from the private sector leaders i mean all of these is just a an amazing uh out of pleasant uh, experience that um, that i've had in the uh, in I, mean, i still and i, I don't say t- say this lightly uh this has been uh my best experience in my career of 20 years of uh, being able to turn something around significantly transform uh get great partnerships and run a government technology organization like a business and that's to me uh is is a tremendous a pleasant experience that i've had tremendous hardik um thank you for your time uh, we're going to say goodbye to you now and um just thanks again um it's been a pleasure to get to know you and um love that you've uh, had conversations with paul and now me and uh just will obviously continue to be there to support you and any of our listeners who who want to 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 build on what you've done so thanks again hardik for your time thank you chris Thank you Hardik and uh, I want to take a moment and say thank you to each and one of our listeners today especially those of you who've been with us uh for every webinar this is our fourth webinar in the series thank you all who have stuck with us thank you to all of our first time listeners uh we try to develop content that is meaningful and impactful for each and every one of you uh in the public sector and uh we will continue to do so uh as we move forward uh in the future and so Uh here's the contact information uh for uh, me and Hardik please email us uh follow us on Twitter follow Hardik on LinkedIn uh let us know what your specific questions are and we'll be happy to follow up with you thank you also to those of you who have reached out after past webinars we have a number of good conversations going uh with some of you from past webinars and that's what makes this worthwhile for me personally uh and for us so thanks everyone we'll see you again uh next month and um thanks again for-